You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any of those, but we do have Jersey Mike. So let's start there. Jersey Mike here. Um, so we just watched the interception. I'm not putting that on Jordan Love. No, you, know, you you can't convince me that's on Jordan Love. Christian Watson has been nothing but a disappointment this season. Where is his dog mentality? Okay, Patrick Peterson is in contention for the football right there. He gives you a 50-50 ball. You should at least be able to get your hand, but he doesn't even put a hand on it. He just let Patrick Peterson, a guy who is much smaller than him, push him right out of the way and go up for the ball. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you what. If that was Jordy Nelson, if that was Donald Driver, if that was James Jones, that ball most likely comes down as a touchdown. Let's be real right now. That is disgusting. He puts up a 50-50 ball in the perfect spot. And what does Watson do? He falls down. He doesn't even try to come back for the ball. These are big-time NFL kind of plays that we need our receivers to step up and make. You know, the one to Jaden Reed wasn't wasn't a perfect dime, but what did Jaden Reed do? He stopped, and he brought that ball in. He fought for the ball. He fought through the DB for the ball. When is Christian Watson going to man up? I just think people are living in a fantasy land. I have no idea what you're talking about. First of all, the pass to Jaden Reed, I saw some people bring that up. Like Jaden Reed, see, he, he did it. He went up and got it. It was uncontested. The DB didn't get a hand on it. He didn't get a hand near him. It was still slightly underthrown. He had to slow down, but he was so far in front of him that even when he sl- slowed down, the defender was not there yet. Again, I'm going to put together a montage. It's just going to be photos of wide receivers falling away and reaching backwards as hard as they possibly can because that is the Jordan Love special. It's the, I can't stop my forward momentum. I'm trying as hard as I can to reach backwards, and I can't quite reach backwards far enough because the ball is so underthrown. It's not a 50-50 ball. He didn't even get to touch the ball. The DB went up and batted the pass away. As Christian Watson is trying to reach back and grab it, and he tipped it right to a defender. It was a bad throw. You can't tell me it's not on Jordan Love when it's a bad throw. Again, we have got Christian Watson open. The constant blaming Christian Watson for Jordan Love's inability to throw an accurate pass is insane. We got an entire fan base that hates Christian Watson. The media, every time they get in there, like, what do you guys have to do better? Like, what are you talking about? Christian Watson had one drop. Christian Watson has, he should have had like seven touchdowns this year. Putting this on Christian Watson is insane to me. 
Yes, it's possible that it could have been caught. It's also possible that this ball could have been thrown anywhere not underthrown, so the DB can't very easily jump up and tip the ball into another defender's hands. I'm so sick and tired of watching Christian Watson have to try to jump backwards and through somebody, try to teleport through a human being's body to get to where the ball is because it's a better pass to the defender than it is to Christian Watson, and then calling it a 50-50 ball when in reality it's not. Jaden Reed's pass was uncontested. I will come down on Christian Watson for his drops, but I am not calling these drops. This has nothing to do with drops, and and to pretend that every other wide receiver in the NFL is going to grab these is nonsense. The passes to Christian Watson have been awful, period. It's like Aaron Rodgers trying to throw to MVS. It just, they had no connection. Jordan Love can't throw to Watson. He just can't do it. The accuracy to Watson has been terrible, and yes, I do have data to back that up. You can very easily look up how many times he was thrown to and how many times those balls were catchable. And by the way, catchable and accurate are very very different things. I want to say it's like 19 out of his 27 passes were even catchable. That's before we even get to how many of those were accurate. I'm just not going to jump on this train of unless you prove that you can win a pass that most wide receivers are not going to come down with, I'm going to call you garbage. No, just throw the ball to him when he's open and throw it accurately. That's your job, and if you can't do it, you're the problem. Period. I don't know how we as a fan base can watch a a weapon as fast as Christian Watson get behind the defense, and then we get mad at him when when the ball is so underthrown that DBs are able to catch up, and we're mad that he didn't catch a 50-50 ball, which isn't even a 50-50 ball, because again, he doesn't even get his hands on it, because the ball gets tipped away. How could you not be mad that the ball is not getting to our weapon who's wide open? How could you be not be mad that we have a walk-in touchdowns every single week that are being negated by bad throws? I don't understand that. Watson had a drop in this game. That's on Watson. This interception, give me a break. Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey, Goose. Just calling with about two minutes and 15 seconds left in the game. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose. This loss is squarely on the run defense's shoulders. But uh, it's time for Joe to go. But the real reason I'm calling is I already see people skewering Watson for that interception. And that is absolutely not on Watson. The defender had the inside so f- love. It's so funny how we can break into like these weird camps. Like every single time there's like a new thing that pops up. Like Josh Myers is off the hook now because it's Watson. The the Jordan Love defenders just find a new person to hate every single week. Right? It was crit- before it was all the offensive line's fault. And then the offensive line is well, it's all Wyatt re- it's Watson's fault. So now Watson is complete garbage. Not just Watson has a couple drops, which by the way, Aaron Jones is the biggest drop has the biggest drop issues on the team, but we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk because that's Aaron Jones. We don't want to. So let's find somebody else to go after. How about Christian Watson? Let's let's skewer Christian Watson because he's wide open and the ball just can't get to him. But sometimes it's underthrown and we expect him to go up and fight through two different defenders. So now Watson is just trash. I do not understand that whatsoever. I don't give a crap if he can't catch that ball. That's a ball that gets caught maybe ten percent of the time. That's one of those things that's on a highlight reel. When so that's that's what when you call you know mossing somebody, we get all jacked up about it because you go up over somebody and catch it. But to pretend that that's just like baseline, like obviously you do that. That's nonsense. The reason it's a big deal is because it it's like you know again it's a ten percent thing. And again, usually it's easier to do when you can get your hands on it. Bridge on him. The ball came to that inside shoulder. 
he never had a chance to fight for that ball because he was already being pushed away from it. So that ball should have never been thrown. It was underthrown, and there were two cornerbacks right there. This that was a bad decision by Love, and I'm not even skewering Love today. I think uh, he showed some really, really good progress today. I'm quite happy with his performance. But I just want to get ahead of the people who are going to skewer Watson. There's a lot of negativity about Watson going on right now. And yes, I don't think he's playing up to the level we want him to. But this talk like he's a bust, I just go back to what happened last season and I say, no way does a guy that produced like that, is he just suddenly a bust? Again, just tack on all the yards and touchdowns if uh, if he had accurate passes. Go back and watch all the times he's open and the ball doesn't come to him. Add those yards, add those touchdowns, and then come back. You can even add in his drop percentage. Just drop a couple of those. I don't care. How many yards, how many touchdowns? You, you don't think he's going to have some pretty big numbers? Of course he is, because I see it every single week. He's squarely at the way this offense runs and the way Love throws the ball. And that's what I'm seeing is the reason why Watson is introducing. I mean, I don't know how we how we can watch the game and see the opportunities there. And then when Jordan Love overthrows him, just go, oh, shucks, rather than saying, well, there goes 40 yards. But then when Watson doesn't produce 110 yards and a touchdown, we're like, oh, what a bust. Okay, we'll go back and tack on the 40 and go back and tack on that 20-yard touchdown strike that was underthrown. If it was like thrown in rhythm, like if you add up those opportunities, it's a pretty good game, and it's like every week. We, I, I don't know how we just pretend that that doesn't happen and then say, well, he sucks, look at those stats. Make them good throws. Then what happens? It's a different narrative, and it has nothing to do with Christian Watson. So I agree, there, there is this anti-Watson thing, and I, and I think it's largely because you have to choose a side with Jordan Love. And for him to have such a good day, get crushed by two interceptions that essentially lost us the game that doesn't make Jordan Love look very good so it's easier to just get mad and say man a freaking Watson could have jumped through that person which of course is you know the whole physics thing with his body running another direction I'm not sure he'd need some like thrusters like a thruster pack because his body's actually flying through the air so he can't even use his leg to push through in the other direction but like if he had a thruster pack he could push back in the other direction and then go back and get the ball then there wouldn't be an interception there'd be a touchdown and Jordan Love would look way better Instead of a pick, it would be like, you know, I mean, it's like in that Chiefs game when he threw a pick down the stretch. I mean, that was a pretty close pass. If the receiver had done a better job, that's a comeback victory instead of a turnover that caused you to lose. And again, it was a good game, but it wasn't a perfect game. And part of the issue is these throws that are just not good. If you underthrow passes, especially especially when we're talking like in the end zone, because you can't we're running out of room. We're running out of real estate. It gets really compressed. If you throw late there, that's a problem. Again, I mean, look, the bottom line is both guys could do better, but one guy we're expecting to do super heroic stuff, and one guy is not doing very basic, simple stuff. And we're mad at the guy for not doing heroics to cover up for the guy who can't do the simple stuff. That, to me, does not seem like the right way to approach this. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Mike Gabriel, a.k.a. Packers super fan. Well, two-minute warning. Um, looks like the, the game is most likely over here. Um, I'm assuming that Pittsburgh is going to run a timeout now. 
Um, 21 first downs Steelers are at right now. 21 first downs. 21 first downs. 194 yards rushing or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we, I don't know how anybody continues to try to, to, to defend this defense. I mean, again, the offense didn't score enough points to win the game. I get it. But, I mean, this defense, almost 200 yards rushing and 21 first downs. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the Chiefs or, or the Baltimore Ravens. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's just the same old problems. Yeah, I'm upset with myself that I, I had a plan. Um, one of the things I talked about on the podcast was sort of setting expectations and saying, you know, if they hit this, you know, what, what do they have to hit for you to be happy? Because I, I forget who it was. It might have been you or somebody else. I don't know. But it was, um, you know, the defense only allowed three points, and it was like, it's still not good enough. It's like, well, come on, man. We, we got to at some point <laughs> give a little bit of credit. So I wanted to do that again this week. Um to set up a baseline, and I know that there's more that goes into it than just points, but I think it's a fair baseline to say, if you do this, I'm happy with you, right? So the Steelers offense, you would look at it and maybe say, okay, it's a bad offense. What do you expect from a defense? You know, I don't know, 14-ish points. That might be overstating it, but whatever. Let let people say whatever. But then it, you look at the Packers offense, and you say, okay, what do you expect from them against a, you know, I think they were at the time, I don't know if they still are, a considered a top five-ish defense via DVOA? I, I mean, not much. Again, maybe 14-ish. And both teams got over that. So I, I, I would assume that most people would have been satisfied with the output from the offense based on the quality of the defense. And I don't think anybody would have been satisfied with that point total against this offense. Now, again, I, I had pointed out that maybe this team is better than what is being led on to, that they've been getting better, all this stuff. I don't know, but they haven't been able to do what they did to us, to anybody else so far. And if you're going to call them an above average defense, as opposed to a below average or bad defense, then you expect an above average level of production from the defense. And if they're good, then they definitely should not be able to turn around their season on you. So again, I mean, I, this is they are what I said that they were which is a defense that's, you know, good enough to kind of beat up on some bad offenses, which is what they've done all year. Um, although they can let you down against some bad offenses like they did against the Steelers. So they're they're inconsistent, and I just don't think that they're good enough to actually go up against high-quality offenses. So they can look good, but not in situations that matter. And they're also so inconsistent that even against bad offenses, once in a while, they're going to look bad. I, that's just kind of how I view the defense. It's it's like everything else. It's inconsistent. It's undisciplined. You know, you heard Matt LaFleur, one of the biggest things he highlighted was missed tackles. I mean, that that's, again, we're getting back to the like the basics, the discipline, the, the you know, stuff like that, that you just, you need to have, and it's just not happening. Uh, let's take our first break. We'll come back. We got a couple from Jersey Mike and a little bit of Jimmy in between. Don't make it weird. We'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. 
Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hey, Jersey Mike. So, I'm angry, number one. I know. Uh, Jordan Love played amazing. Uh, for the way that he drove us down the field at the end of the game there, awesome. Um, I mean, that interception, I, I can't I can't fault him. They, they were all playing up on the goal line, and honestly, that was a horrible play call by Matt LaFleur. Uh, we should have had some some kind of screen going there, um, some kind of fake screen uh, or something to get some guy who was, you know, underneath the, the DBs to be able to go into the end zone with blockers in front of him. Um, because when you got seven or eight guys hogging the goal line, you know, that's extremely difficult. So, yeah, whatever, that interception happens. Um, and, and that was just a really bad spot to be put in. I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm a hundred percent of the opinion that the Packers did not lose this game. No, we didn't, we didn't lose this game. The rest lost this game for us. That was absolutely disgusting how they called this game. Absolutely disgusting. The Steelers should have lost this game 1,006%. I don't know if I'm saying that 6% in there because I'm just, I'm disgusted right now. Uh, Matt LaFleur's play calling still sucks. Jordan Love made uh, uh, amazing, amazing throws. I mean, let's be real. That last drive there, that throw to Jaden Reed, I mean, he's, he's fallen away. He's, he's about to be obliterated. And he, it looks like it's a lame duck ball, but it's right on target. I mean, you can't ask for anything more from, from Gordon Love right there. I, I, I am 1000%. Those two interceptions are not 100% on Jordan Love. They're not. The first one, Christian Watson. The second one, circumstance. There's no way he could have done anything with that play call. Matt LaFleur continues to upset me with his abysmal play calling. You're going to tell me that on third and whatever, our best idea is to throw a screen to Dentavian Witch, who's then going to throw it back to Aaron Jones? How many times do I got to say I'm sick and tired of this team getting cute? Matt LaFleur, do better. Joe Barry still needs to be fired. This defense, with all these guys flying around and playing their hearts out, I don't know how many times I sit here and I look, and I'm like, the Pittsburgh Steelers can't throw the ball. Stop the run. Play man coverage. Stop the run. And, and this team is nothing. And yet Joe Ben is cold garbage. Yeah, you, you want me to be happy. You want this, you, you want me to say, you know what, it's an evaluation season and blah, 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 blah. You know what? I'm sick of that. We have all of the pieces we need to have a great football team. And this coaching staff is a There's a lot there. I thought we were past the coaching. I thought you were excited about, again, we're, we're talking in circles because I keep saying we, we need something specific. You did say you wanted to see a screen. I, I think there's a 1% chance a screen works in that situation. Why? Because there's eight guys on the line that are going to converge on you 
last time we ran a screen, there was like three blockers and one defender, and the one defender got home because that's how that works. As far as the not getting cute thing, again, Aaron Jones dropped it. And we could be upset about that, but he dropped other passes too that are very basic passes. He also fumbles really basic runs. So it's not necessarily a complexity thing. It's catch the freaking ball. Can't be mad at Matt LaFleur for a lack of basic execution. Um, as far as, again, both interceptions, you can say they're not completely on Jordan, but it's the vast majority of the blame is on Jordan Love. You, you don't have to throw that pass that way. Now, I, I'll, I'll say I don't understand the play. Apparently, it's a very basic play that was designed specifically for that offense. It was the exact right play call, according to them. Um, but as I watched it, I'm like, I don't understand what's supposed to happen here. Legitimately, I have no idea. The only thing I could think is Jordan was supposed to throw that way later after he passed that defender that picked him off, because I don't know what in what universe that defender drops off, which is what Matt LaFleur sort of described. Because you've already got defenders to the left of him, and they did drop off to cover the corner route. So that guy's not going anywhere. So maybe after he clears that defender, then you can hit Christian Watson, and then he can turn it up into the end zone. That, to me, makes sense. You don't throw it before the defender. But I don't know. Otherwise, I'm looking at it going, I don't understand the design. They, they seem to have a very specific plan for how this works. I don't know. I don't, I don't fully understand, um, again, other than throw it once he clears that defender. But either way, the, the decision to throw that, I mean, that's, that's a pick. A hundred times out of a hundred. You know, you heard Luke Musgrave say if it doesn't work, they have a contingency plan for the scramble drill and how that works. So that would have been plan B, which would have been better than plan A, which is throw it right at the defender and see what happens. So again, play might have sucked. I don't know. I don't fully understand how that worked. They seem to have a plan, but you, you, we can't say it's not Jordan. Look, I mean, the guy had a good day and he threw two picks to end the game. That's what happened. And that's what happened all the time to him in college. As I said before, that's why I nicknamed him Trubisky. When I looked at him, I'm like, I don't want him. I don't want to draft him. He's like Trubisky. He looks really good. And then it just he just blows it in the end. And what I'm getting at is I don't think this is going to change and you can blame Watson you can blame somebody else next time he's going to throw it to somebody else and then it's going to be well this receiving staff it's Romeo Dobbs can't do it it's Jaden Reed nobody can do it because we don't want to just look at Jordan Love and say this is just kind of his in his DNA dude it's what he does it's what he's always done again he did it in the Chiefs game he's done it in multiple games here where it's a, a game ending interception how many times have we seen games end in interceptions he did it all throughout college he drives down the field it looks beautiful and then there's a pick that's, that is the Jordan Love special. So again, I, I, I hope that that changes, but I'm not going to defend or, or blame the receiver and the coaching staff and the offensive line and everybody else except the guy that's throwing passes that should not be thrown or should be thrown better. Not doing it. I'm going to skip Jimmy and get to Jersey Mike because it's probably a continuation. Sorry, Jersey Mike got cut off. Um, I'm, 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 I'm right. This is where I'm at right now. It is all Gutekunst and Mark Murphy to do something. So again, just to be clear, number one, you're upset because it's not an evaluation year because we do have all the pieces. On the other hand, you don't like the coach. You don't like the GM. You don't like the, the, the CEO. You don't like the offensive line and Josh Myers. You don't like Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed or Aaron Jones because they're dropping balls and they're not getting things done. How does that team that has... Jordan Love, who's great, and everybody else around him sucks. How does that team have anything as far as a team that's ready to win now? It sounds like a team that sucks from top to bottom, aside from the quarterback. I'm just saying. About this coaching staff. They have let us down repeatedly. Repeatedly. This was an easily winnable game. 
easily winnable. We have all the talent we need. We have all the pieces we need. I was literally saying, Dontavian Wicks, Caden Reed, Romeo Dubs need to be on the field for the end of the game. Right, but but it was just a week or two ago that we were blaming Romeo Dobbs and everybody else. Like we're just doing this because Christian Watson is now the the fall guy. Uh, do do we do we forget about the times when I mean it was what a week ago or two weeks ago that I was saying that all these passes are bad? And you're like, no, they were all drops. It was there were somebody said that I think it was two weeks ago. There were nine drops in the game. There absolutely were not. I think there were three or four, which is not great. But those are th- that was Wicks. It was Musgrave. It was Dobbs. It was Watson. It was everybody. But now apparently we've decided to make it's just easier to blame Watson. But again, this isn't going to change. You want Wicks out there? Do you remember when Wicks was dropping passes? Because I do. I remember Musgrave dropping numerous passes. Aaron Jones can't stop dropping passes. I mean, I just, I don't want to just continually move the goalpost where it's like, okay, Watson's the problem. And then Dobbs drops. Well, Dobbs is the problem. I want Wicks. Put Wicks out there. Wicks is the guy. And then Wicks drops passes. We we need a new wide receiver. We need to see more Musgrave. This is a failure of the coaching staff. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And who do they have out there? Christian Watson, who's let us down multiple times this game. Where's the Tavian Wixon? He had one drop in the game. Watson had one drop. Aaron Jones had one drop. And again, Watson's drop was inconsequential because we threw it short on a third down and we were not going for it again. Not saying it's okay to drop passes, but it didn't do anything to stall out a drive. We were punting after that, whether he drops it or he catches it. Not on the field. Arguably, Dentavian Wicks has probably been the second best receiver on this team week in and week out, no matter what. The number one receiver has been switching a little bit between Jaden Reed and Dubs for who the best guy is. And you know what, whatever. If it's the three of them, congratulations. Why were they not on the field? That is abysmal coaching. Abysmal. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching a team who has all of the potential in the world lose out to these trash, trash teams. That Canada can't call an offense. And yet we lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers because why? What, what's the excuse? What's the garbage excuse? Yes, the refs screwed us. But we had every opportunity to win the game. Something has to be done now. We as a fan base have to stand up and say, you are screwing us with this coaching staff. Offensive line looked great. Honestly, they looked great this game. Why was Aaron Jones getting all those touches when Dylan was clearly the leader in the backfield today? And again, just to point out, and I understand you can change things in the game if you want to, but everybody has been screaming, I can't believe Dylan's getting all this. Where's Aaron Jones? Where's Aaron Jones? Where's Aaron Jones? So they make a game plan around Aaron Jones. He has a bad day because the fans were wrong that Aaron Jones would fix everything. And rather than acknowledge, you know what, I was wrong, it's now, why would you give Aaron Jones the ball so much? I mean, you, you want it fixed now. What, what is, there's nothing that's going to fix this. What are we going to do? What is there to do? And Dylan was, he was okay. He had one big run, right? Big whoop-de-doo. And now we're going to, like, you know, fall all over ourselves pretending that he had, like, an elite game and is a great running back. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just massive overreaction season. Like, somebody has a good day. He's the greatest. He should be in every second. He's this. He's that. 
Somebody has a drop. He's the worst. Get him off the field. It's a disaster. It's like, it's just, it's too much. It's way over the top. It's, uh, the whole team can do better. Nobody is as bad as you're making it sound. And nobody is as good as you're pretending Jordan Love is. Everybody's kind of on the same page. It's, they're doing some good things, but they're not doing enough good things. And that includes the offensive line, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterback. Period. Jordan Love is making some really nice throws. He has a lot of throws, though, that look like dog crap. Straight up dog crap. Including both interceptions, which are his fault. He didn't have to throw that second pass right to a defender, and the first pass was massively underthrown. Period. The receivers are doing a good job, but they could do better. Some of these balls are hitting the ground. Uh, some of them that hit him right in the hands, like Watson's and Aaron Jones, the two actual drops in this game, that's unacceptable. There are some 50-50 quote-unquote balls, which are not actually 50-50, but there are some opportunities that probably could be a little bit better. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, you can get upset and say something has to happen. What's going to happen? You know, fire the coaching staff for what? Because the team can't tackle and the team's dropping passes and a new coach is going to come in and what, Christian Washington can catch now? Or do we get rid of all the wide receivers? Because again, we'll put in Dontavian Wicks just like we wanted more Aaron Jones. We'll get more Dontavian Wicks. The guy has a 69 receiving grade. whoop de freaking do And he's also dropped passes. So it's just when you put him in more, he's going to drop more passes. He's going to make more mistakes. Why is he out there? We got a guy, Christian Watson. We spent a second round pick on him. He's the most athletic guy on the field and we take him off. For, you know what I mean? Like there's never going to be a point where, where we're happy. It is what it is, man. There is no fixing this right now. So we got to figure out what exactly the issue is and how do we fix it more long term. Not today, because that's not going to happen. There is no fixing this today. There's no bunch of free agents or whatever that are just floating around out there that happen to be elite football players. There's no magical coaches that cause everybody to catch footballs and throw accurately. But we need to calmly and rationally analyze what's going on and make decisions. If the receivers aren't good enough, we need new receivers. But it is not going to matter. I don't care how much you think a 50-50 ball is really easy. You go out and get whatever receiver you want. He's going to keep throwing pitch because these are massively underthrown balls. And instead, you're going to get a superstar guy who's going to start acting like a diva and he's going to get pissed. I was open and you underthrew me. And you're going to see him over there slamming his helmet and getting all ticked off because he's wasting all his talents on a quarterback who can't get him the ball because it's late. It's underthrown. He's open. He's not seeing him. It's not going to matter. How many times do we have to see Aaron Jones mess up before we realize, you know what? Aaron Jones isn't really doing us many favors right now, but AJ Dillon's got that dog in him. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got you to see, like, from my perspective. I mean, it's been all year. Everyone's screaming, we need Aaron Jones. And it's like, he's hurt. Number one. Number two, he hasn't even looked that good. And everybody lost their mind. You're an idiot. He's the key to this offense. He's everything. A.J. Dillon's a piece of crap. He shouldn't even be on this team. Now Dillon's a dog, and Aaron Jones is a piece of crap, and why are they putting him out there? It was one week ago Aaron Jones was the savior of the team and the reason we won the game. There's just these wild swings that just seem crazy to me. Like, we got to calm it down a little bit and slow down. And not just assume, like, this is the worst thing ever. Shut that all the way down and give me all of this. Wicks is the number one wide receiver. Like, we want these massive changes. Every, and it's not going to fix anything. The fans got what they wanted with Aaron Jones. It's been a disaster. 
When, when, when is getting what you want actually fixing anything? It's not fixing anything. Everything's still bad. I don't know. Something happened after the beginning of the season and A.J. Dillon said, you know what? I'm not taking this crap anymore. And he, he has been really, really electric. Aaron Jones needs to be the second running back until he proves that he can catch a damn football. Until he proves he's not going to put the ball on the ground. How many times in the past few years has he been the one to lose us games because he puts the ball on the ground? I'm sick of all the people saying, just hand Aaron Jones the ball. You know, maybe against some soft defenses, hand Aaron Jones the ball. But when it comes to North and South running, A.J. Dillon's got to be that guy. Anyway, I'm hoping maybe the coaching staff can learn something from this game, but I very highly doubt it. Go pack, go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're going to learn anything based on your standard because something is going to go wrong and it's going to be the coaching staff's fault. So I don't know. I, I just, I, what I think, Jersey Mike, is that you're going to have a very angry season because you have set the bar high at a really bad time to set the bar high, which is. They need to do your expectation, seemingly, sounds like, if I'm understanding you right, is that it is their responsibility to right the ship now, this year. You have the talent, fix it. Find a way to fix it, whether that's a new coaching staff or whatever. And that's not going to happen, which means they're not going to meet the standard that you think is, is what is acceptable. That's not going to happen. There is a very small chance that the team just fixes itself, but that also is very unlikely to happen. Now, one of the most important things is the quarterback, and he has been playing better. The inconsistencies are still a problem, but it has been better. And if we could ever find a game in which the offense stays consistent like that through four quarters and the defense can actually play well, maybe they can win a game and give some people some hope. But I don't really see much here that has me thinking that this is going to be, you know, a good year or anything like that. So I just think we're going to get a lot of angry Jersey Mike calls, which at the end of the day is a good thing. That's what, uh, what Jersey Mike does best. I like it when we're on the same team better, but I'll, I'll take whatever angry Jersey Mike calls I can get. Hey, it's Jimmy. I got one, one quick follow-up thought to this game, which I thoroughly enjoyed. That was a fun game, and uh, <clears throat> we played with passion. We were in it, made some mistakes, you know, but it was great. Um, I think everybody got a little bit of what they wanted here. We saw the real potential of this team, and then – we also did not hurt our draft pick <laughs> situation. It's funny because I, I just mentioned, maybe it was you, I don't think so. Somebody had just reached out to me on Patreon. They're like, the best thing you could do is play the game so that we feel better about it, but then lose so that we also get, you know, a good. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a thing, but we'll see. It kind of was a thing. Again, nobody was good enough, but I felt pretty good about everything. Everybody checked all the boxes they needed to check. They just got to be more consistent. So maybe this is maybe this is it. So uh yeah, it is what it is. It was uh it was a it was a fun three hours of football. And um and I like what I'm seeing. I, I think they are they know they're playing for their, their careers and their jobs right now. They're playing like it. And uh, they didn't pull this one out but but it was a it was an entertaining uh time. Uh go back home. And and I think that's fair. I mean I <clears throat> I think it helps that for me, anyways, I'm not looking at it like I usually look at it, where it's like, man, you know, playoffs are bust, Super Bowl or bust, kind of a season. It's, it's, you assume you're not going to win. So you're looking for those minor victories. 
And again, for some people, they're not looking for minor victories. They're looking for victory victories. But eh, I'd rather look good and lose. It's the white men can't jump thing. I'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win. If you look bad and win, you lose twice. If you look bad and win, you, you're not a good football team. So you didn't accomplish anything. You can make an argument for looking bad and winning, maybe, but I don't know what that would possibly be other than, you know, I mean, look at the Vikings. Were they ever, ever, ever going to go to the Super Bowl? No, they sucked. They looked bad and they won and they were trash and they got exposed as soon as they set foot in the playoffs. In fact, they didn't even get an opportunity to get exposed because they lost in the first round to a team that was also fraudulent and had no business in the playoffs. So they didn't even really get a chance to prove how, you know, fraudulent they were. Not truly. So you look for, I mean, I guess it depends what you're looking for. I mean, if it's just sort of a, this is how I spend my Sundays, I just want to watch the Packers win, then I go back to this, that, or the other. I, I just have a very big picture view of things. I think that's why I like the draft and some people like the draft and whatnot, because it's, it's a, I enjoy the team building aspect of the game. We are not where we need to be. It's not just about winning. You know, this is, this is a not good football team. And for me, it's a question of how do we get to the point where we're a good football team? And playing like crap and getting a win doesn't help that cause at all. If anything, it hurts it for the sake of the draft. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it, forget the draft part of it. I mean, it just, it, it doesn't add any value. The only way it would add value is if you actually look good in certain areas and it's like, okay, we're improving, we're getting better. You know, the, this rookie or that guy or this second year player or whatever is looking promising and maybe we really have a hit there. Jaden Reed, Musgrave, Zach Tom, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, whatever. You start to see some stuff where it's like, okay, all right, that's that's a a ticket to us becoming a good football team. Jordan Love being the biggest one. If that starts to click, that's the fastest path from A to B, from where we are to Super Bowl contenders. But again, the the winning aspect doesn't mean much other than, you know, it's 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 a better sign that things actually are going well. But it's sort of just a rough correlation, but it's it's beside the point. I think some people like winning and some people like the Packers being a good football team. And I err on the side of I want to be a good football team. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like I just was mentioning to Jersey Mike, there is no fixing it this year. But there is improving. And then there is evaluating and finding out what, what it is we need to do. Whether that's GM, coaching staff, quarterback, whatever the case may be. Figuring out how do we get to becoming a great team again. So yeah, I mean, there's every reason, I mean, you know, Matt, again, Matt LaFleur says there's no moral victories because that's what he's supposed to say, but there are. If the goal is to get better so that you can get closer to being a good football team, there is such a thing as a moral victory. His job is to win. Great. Congratulations. But eh, makes it a little bit more enjoyable. But again, there's nothing worse than looking like garbage and winning for me. Hate it. Anyways, let's take our final break. We'll come back and hear from Trevor. Hey, Ryan, Trevor in Virginia. Hey. So, I know we lost, it sucks, but honestly, it's the best I've felt about the team and their growth all year, at least, at least the offense. Um, defense did not have the best day, obviously. Um, just can't get out of their own way. Um, but, I mean, you can tell me what you think and we'll see what PFF thinks, but I think it was Jordan's best game of the year, the first pick. I mean, it's kind of a fluky thing. I, he should have got the ball a little higher. I get that. Um, but still a fluky play. And then, obviously, the second pick, you know, last play of the game, they're playing the end zone. I don't know what you're supposed to do there. 
I would have liked to see maybe just have all the receivers run like in in breaking routes and dump Aaron Jones out of the backfield and dump it to him. Try to get a couple blockers and get a play. I think that's when they're all playing the end zone like that. When we're not that close, I think we got a better shot that way. But um, again, I'm not the expert, so you know I trust our coaches and um, even if other people don't. And I don't know. It's before we lost. My thought, I was sitting here saying to myself, even if we lose this game, this is the best I've felt about this team and potential for growth all year. But uh, now that we lost, I'm just like, everything sucks because we lost. But um, I know I can think back to how I was feeling before when it was just good to see a lot of growth in the office, a lot of good downfield passing. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. Go back, go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's up to you to determine how you want to feel about it, I guess. Um you know, uh, certainly easy to look at it and say as Jordan Love's best performance. Um, but again, it's like, it sucks that it ended that way, right? I mean, that's that's really, because it really does erase everything. Not to say that you can't continue to grow, but it's like, as far as the performance, it's like, dude, that, that two back-to-back drive-killing picks and game-ending picks, that's brutal. Um, and it's it's like that for everything, you know, it's, you want to feel good about it, but there's still those things that happen that make you realize unless that gets fixed, this isn't going to be good, right? With the drops. Yes, it could be, it can be, will be, whatever, a lot better for a lot of these receivers. But you're never going to get to that elite level. You're never going to be anything other than like a pretty decent receiver if you can't catch footballs. That's that's a pretty critical component. The offensive line and run blocking, right? It's like, I mean, you're, you're really, really valuable. But you're still kind of crippling the team a little bit with our inability to run the ball. Or I guess to, to do two things in the case of, I just looked at the grades, Josh Myers, who had an elite run blocking grade, probably the best he's ever done, but one of the worst pass blocking performances he's had, because obviously. But again, up to you how you want to interpret the information. That's all we're trying to do. Um, and I, I, I guess it's a good thing to recognize the positive and um, just fingers crossed, because you don't know. I mean, you could look at it and say it doesn't mean anything because the negative negates it all, or you can look at it and say it's growth, and we're headed in the right direction. It doesn't matter because either of those things could be true. So pick a path, and we'll see who's right, I guess. Hey, Ryan. It's Ryan Santos. What up? Um, game's over. Uh, it's on the call, and I'd be super excited and, you know, just kind of, I don't know, my previous two calls, it's probably hard to understand. I was, you know, mid-game, but game's over, and I just feel kind of indifferent. Um, I did too? enjoy this game. I saw a lot of progress. Um, offense, defense, uh, the run defense was just atrocious. It was probably the worst I've seen all year. Um, I mean, I feel like this run defense was felt worse than Atlanta. I'm not sure if the stats will show that, but it just felt worse, in my opinion. Um, but this is the first game uh, in quite a while, or I mean, it may just be the first game that I'm not putting this one on Jordan Love more than everybody else. I feel Jordan Love, particularly the first half, through a lot of, you know, I feel the whole game, maybe if I had to just pick a percentage, I would say about 40% of his passes, maybe even 50% of his passes, were not ideal, right? But they were good enough for the receivers to make a play on them. And I say this to tie into Watson. I know that last pass 
probably was a bad decision by Love. He probably shouldn't have threw it there. Um, he stared him down. He threw it. The safety was there. The ball kind of floated. It was short. But Watson had one or two things he could have done. He could have fought to get back and get that ball, or he could have done more to knock that ball out of the way. My issue with Watson is not just that I think he's more of an athlete than a receiver. Um, is that I just don't see a lot of fight in Watson. And he does this thing when he goes up for the ball like he's fading backwards. The ball is thrown short. Why are you fading backwards if the ball is being thrown? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think, and it's not just Watson. Like I said, you can freeze frame him. You can freeze frame Wicks and Dobbs. And they, they all have that that posture. It's It's physics. It's momentum. Their body is going that direction. They turn around, they see where the ball is, and they try to just reach. And they're, they're, I mean, their momentum is pulling them in that direction. They turn around. That's where they have that like backward C-shape look where their legs are up in the air and their arms are stretched out. And it's like a cheerleading pose where, you know, you got your legs kicked up in the air and your arms out. I've, I've, I've seen that. It has to have been 20 times this year. And it's not just Watson. It's everybody. I've seen Dobbs do that. I've seen Wicks do that. I've seen Reed do that. It's just, it's, you're running full speed in one direction. You turn around, you see the ball behind you, and you just, you try to reach backwards as best as you can. You're not expecting the ball to be behind you. You're expecting the ball to be in front of you. You're trying to track the ball. Where the heck is it? Oh, shoot, it's back there. And again, you can't fight, if you freeze frame it, you can't fight backwards when your feet are in the air. I mean, if, if you don't believe me, go in your backyard and sprint as fast as you can. And then try to, real quick, turn around and catch a ball that's like at your knees. You're going to be making the same posture. That's why there was, I think it was another pick actually, or maybe it wasn't a pick, but it was one where Christian actually like kicked it because his knee actually hit it because that's where the ball was. He turned around, it was the same little C-shape thing and his legs drifted up into the air because when you come to a complete stop as you're running in one direction, your feet are going to go airborne and his knee kicked the ball straight up into the air. So there's this constant like diving, reaching back looking posture that I, I've been talking about for weeks. That I'm, I'm going to start taking pictures of all these and just saying, like, this is this is the Green Bay Packers special here. This is like a special Packers pose. And really all it is is just constant underthrown balls. I really, I, I, I don't know. I really think I'm going to do that. Just go back and find all those because there are a lot. It's constant. And I, I keep making that reference. And every week it keeps happening. And again, I don't think you can fight for that. There's, there's no, I mean, I, depending on when you notice it, you could probably try to like stop and jump backwards, but if you don't have time to do that, all you can do is turn around and reach. But like I said, he was falling away, turned around, and tried to get to the ball, and the ball got smacked away before his hands even touched it. So that's why when I hear 50-50, it's like, that was not a 50-50. There's no way. 50-50 is, generally speaking, it's like 80-20 in favor of the receiver, right? Rodgers liked to throw those. And in fact, Jordan, we heard, liked to throw them too because he learned it from Aaron Rodgers. With the DB's back turn, it's never going to get picked, is what we heard. Why is it never going to be picked? Because they can't see the ball. The problem with Jordan Love is his balls hang in the air so long and they're so underthrown, they all see the ball coming because they have time to turn around and position their body to watch it come in. When Rodgers threw him, if they were a little underthrown or a little overthrown, it didn't matter. The defender never saw it coming. Sometimes it hit the defender in the back. Sometimes it sailed over the receiver's arms, outstretched arms, but it wasn't going to get picked. So what you would have is a receiver who can see it jumping up into the air and a defender jumping up blindly with his back turned and his arm up. That's wildly in the favor of the receiver who's the only one seeing it. It's not a 50-50 ball when you have two defenders watching the ball come in or one defender watching the ball come into his hand as the receiver watches it come in 
in a place where he can't reach it. That's not a 50-50 ball. These are very different things. I mean, we're using generic terms with 50-50. Sometimes it's easier than, than others. But these are not in the favor of the receiver ever because they're never good thrown ball. I mean, show me an actual 50-50 ball and we can have that discussion. I almost never see them. Now, I'm putting a whole loss on him because my net negative person on the day is Aaron Jones. That man is declining. This is a decline of Aaron Jones. This is drop season for him. He has had drops in every game he's played, a fumble last week, a horrible decision towards the end of the game. So I get if he would have ran out of bounds, he would have lost about a yard and a half, maybe two. But so what? Why would you waste all that time on the clock just to get back to the line of scrimmage? I mean, I don't know what's going on with Eric Jones, but to wrap up my thoughts, I think Jordan Love um, looked had a better outing today. The offense looked a little bit more in sync, right? Um, and they, they and they faced a formidable front. I mean, it's not like the Steelers were were not trying to put pressure on Love. They were they were sending boys up there to come get them. And offense did pretty. They, they did all right. Love did all right. Um, but yeah, as far as the loss and how I feel, I just it's it's such a weird feeling, you know. It's just a weird feeling. Like I don't want to say I don't care, but I just don't. He got cut off there. But yeah, and again, I know I'm I'm going at him because there's a lot of defending. But I agree. I thought overall this was a good game from Jordan. Certainly could argue it was his best game. I think it's kind of tough to compare the two because I thought last week it was a better overall performance, but you neglected an entire first half. And this was four quarters, but I think the lows were a little bit lower, but also the highs were higher. So I, I don't know, but certainly a good game. Certainly a continuation of Jordan Love um, playing better. And I also think, like you said, I think that's true of the offense as a whole. I thought the offensive line did a very good job thought the receivers, for the most part, did a good job. And I agree that Aaron Jones, as far as the offense is concerned, was probably the biggest weak spot. It's part two. Get too long. Get too long with it, Ryan. What I'm trying to say is that I don't know, you know, which camp I fall into now. Because Jordan Love is looking better. So I can't, like, you know, go tanking for Tua. Right. Not really Tua, but, you know, tanking I get it. Um, for a top three pick or something. But I don't think this team is good enough to get in the playoffs. I, I question if this team is good enough to get more than one more win, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really where I'm at. So it's just such a weird place to be, and I know that I shouldn't think about that game to game, but it's, it is what it is. You know, yeah. it's Jordan's fourth year. I don't care if it's his first year starting. Four years in the league, right? You have time to, to iron out some of these, these issues. They don't look too iron out. They're looking better the last two weeks, but not enough, right? We've got... Look around the league. There's rookies. There's second-year quarterbacks. People are playing good ball. Dobbs got traded to the the Vikings, looking like a straight beast out here. Yeah. You know, we've got the the quarterback for the Texans. Can't think of his name right now. Yep. I mean, we've got people with a lot less years than Jordan Love looking good, and not necessarily on teams that are much more talented, are much well, much better coached than ours. So it's just a weird place place to be. I don't know where I'm at. All I know is that this loss doesn't really move me today, and I don't know if that's good or bad. But let me just leave it there, man. Love to know your thoughts, Ryan. Bye. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like I was saying, where it's like I don't think I think as long as Jordan continues to play like this, we can take the quarterback thing off the table. I don't think we're going to be bad enough, and I don't think there's going to be enough there to throw Jordan under the bus. And in other words, there's going to be enough good play 
for him to keep his job. Um, so then it kind of, you know, what, 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 are, what is it we're looking at? Well, you could still get a high pick and get a really good player. Obviously, Marvin Harrison is the one that's that pops out. And even if, you know, we're not high enough to get him, you kind of wonder if we're going to be high enough to possibly make a trade. Also got to figure there's going to be some quarterback hungry teams. So if there is kind of a run, you know, let's say some of these other guys maybe are end up making it as top 10 prospects. You could maybe see a scenario where we could trade to four or five and be able to pull that off. Then we can really see what this offense can do. You know what I mean? Kind of like what we've been hearing and seeing with the Bears since forever. Okay, now no more excuses. And then, of course, there's nothing but excuses. Okay, now no more excuses. But yeah, I, I mean, and you know, stuff changes so fast. I mean, just just look at even for me, for you, for everybody in here, think about all the things that people have, the hills that people have died on as they've called in and how that's drastically changed and the, and the battles that have been had here that we don't even talk about anymore because it's, you know, like, you know, it wasn't very long ago, Matt LaFleur's got to go. Now it's, eh, you know, maybe Brian's got to go. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Christian Watson wasn't, you know, a bust until five seconds ago. Aaron Jones was the greatest thing that this team had going for it until five seconds ago. Jordan Love needed to go. Now he gets to stay. And that's going to happen. We got a lot of games left. We got a lot of time. A lot of things are going to happen. There's going to be injuries that crop up that are going to make us think. There's going to be guys that that maybe bust out that are going to be like, okay, maybe we should, you know, Preston has a bad couple games. Like maybe it's time to move on, man. We got to figure something out. Or Lucas has a breakout game and it's like, he's got to be starting now. We, you know, has the sort of Wicks, Wicks effect or whoever in the moment. Like we, we got to start seeing this guy more. It's unacceptable that Preston is still over Lucas Van Nett. You know what I mean? Like, these things are going to change drastically over the next several weeks. So we'll just take it as it comes. But as it stands right now, I don't think we get a new quarterback next year. I do think tackle still probably, it always has made the most sense. It probably still does make the most sense. I know that isn't the sexiest pick for anybody, but that's probably what's going to happen. And then we'll come back next year, just once again, hoping for second year, third year leaps, you know. Hope that this tackle can be good. Maybe he can run block a little bit. Hope that that second round pick can do some stuff. Just kind of run it back. That's how I see things going right now. But again, we will see. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Trevor Virginia. Hey. Thing. I, just, I, I know it's not why we lost the game. I, it wasn't that bad. And I know we just have to play a little better still yet. Um, but honestly, I thought our defense got through a little bit by some ticky-tack calls. Um, um, it's just I, I feel like we don't... We get these ticket tag calls, and then they never, they never ticket tag calls going in our favor. Right. Um, it has to be like a blatant foul for it to get called on the other team with us. It's just frustrating. And then, um, that lateral went backwards. I don't, I don't know who <laughs> with eyeballs. I mean, you can see where he released it with the field markers, and then right. you can see the field markers when the ball gets to the receiver. But our ball, Rashawn Gary recovered it. I mean, they shouldn't have won the play dead. It should have been a touchdown to start. I mean, I just, they let these plays run nowadays. Why was that play blown dead? <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, I just, again, it's not why we lost. Um, if the call is a really different way, I think we probably win with how close the game was, but I still am not going to say that's why we lost. But I'm just so sick and tired of poor ref- refereeing, especially with the reviews. When you get a review wrong, that's just bad. And um, anyway, go back to I mean, it just adds to the frustration. I mean, it, it, it's not as though it's going to fix everything, obviously, but it's like it's it's just kicking you while you're down. It's salt in the wound. It's like it's bad enough that you have to sit here and watch 
the mistakes. It's bad enough you have to watch, you know, the just bad football play. You got to watch the run defense fall apart. You got to watch the passing game not work. You got to watch the run game continue to just not exist. But then you got the refs working against you, like really. So it's just it's just annoying. It's like if we got to sit here and deal with this, you know, and suffer through a season that isn't going to be as good as we had kind of hoped it was going to be, um, at least don't do this. You know, again, and that's the other thing that just it just annoys me, especially with the the calls. You know, the two against Runyon last week and the uh, call against Zach Tom this week. It's like oh, they're emphasizing it because of these other players that are really well known for doing that. And it's like why don't you penalize them? <laughs> Why is it the backer? Again, maybe they are, but I watched the Eagles the next game after Runyon got the two penalties. I watched them line up on top of the ball and run the play with no penalties. I don't understand that. I don't get it. You're trying to emphasize something because the Eagles are cheating and you take it out on the Packers? Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.